0: and welcome in it is the holy grail bcj podcast right here on bearcatjournal.com i'm chad Brendel. he's dave simone hi dave hello how you doing good how are you are you are you struggling to get to sunday yet it's been a long week for you
1: actually no I'm, i'm doing good
0: doing good just casual excited you're you're scaring yourself though you're convinced convinced the Bengals are gonna win I'm sure we'll get to that well I
1: mean I have quite the uh track record you're you're
0: on you're on a hot streak so (laughs) other than the Cotton Bowl but
1: what do you mean other than the Cotton Bowl I said that they were gonna lose that's right you're right you (laughs) did get that one
0: so you haven't missed a game in like two years two years did you pick Georgia or did you pick Cincinnati Uh, I don't remember okay yeah, then you're hot. Um if you're watching the game here in Cincinnati on Sunday, since you can't go to Paul Brown Stadium, where you can go is the Holy Grail. They're going to be featured on ESPN. Saw that in the lead up to the game on Sunday. They they are let's be. Honest, they are the bar in Cincinnati.
1: If you're picking a place
0: to watch a game in Cincinnati, the first choice is always the Holy Grail. So make sure you're down there. Get there. I would say get there real early because I'm guessing spots are going to be at a premium on Sunday from seeing some of the videos of that place over the past couple weeks. So uh, get down there. Enjoy it with Bengals fans and be ready for the AFC championship game. 3 p.m. Sunday at the Holy Grail. All right, Dave, let's get to it. I guess uh, we'll start with basketball since that's the most sure. recent thing. That's the most recent thing. Um, there's a, a, a lot of consternation on the boards, Dave, Is about there? the loss on Tuesday. Um, I, I guess what I would say, we've talked enough about the game. Like, I don't think we need to break down the game. I, I do have one thing to say on the game here in a little bit. I'll get to that. But uh, I, I guess the one thing I would say was, isn't this what we knew was going to happen? They're going to play really well at times uh, and, and win some games maybe you didn't think that they would. And they're going to play really bad at times and be in danger of losing games that they probably shouldn't. And that's what happened on Tuesday night. They they made five shots in the entire second half, one field goal in the final nine minutes. Chances are you're going to lose those games.
1: Yes. Uh I think, though, at least from my perspective, the way that it played out makes it harder to just be like, yeah, we knew we were going to not, like, I mean, of course you're not going to win all the rest of your games. Like, we knew that coming in. The,
0: the way that it played out, they missed that. Like, they had good shots, and they missed every one of them.
1: They also took a whole lot of really bad shots. I wouldn't say a
0: whole lot. but uh, when I, you're... I would. Okay, I I disagree. Um, How do you miss?
1: So so they just missed ninety-five percent of the of good shots. No,
0: there were. I'm not saying there weren't bad shots. There were good shots, and there were a couple rush shots that I think that was a result of the fact that they were trying to press things because they couldn't get anything to fall.
1: Well, okay, then I have a lot of issues with the the plan of attack when you realize you're not getting anything to fall.
0: Okay, go, Uh, I, I, this is, uh, I'm excited now. I'm excited now. Okay, Uh, they tried attacking the rim, getting the ball to their big guys. That didn't work. They tried mid-range shots. That didn't work. They tried open three-pointers. That didn't work. Um, They tried giving to Julius the ball and letting him cook. That worked more than anything else that they did, uh, mainly because teams are overreacting to his step back now uh, and jumping into him when he does it. But... If you go back and actually look, there were multiple clean, multiple, multiple clean opportunities run off of good offense that they just missed the shot. Or you have a seven-footer that gets blocked by a point guard. Like, that can't happen. But it did. Right. I I don't think they were just jacking up terrible, out-of-rhythm shots early in the shot clock. Just for the sake of jacking up shots, not for the and sake, and that's what sort of cost oh, him the game.
1: But I mean, I don't know. I there were, I if I wanted to go back, I bet I could find at least ten in this, just in the final fourteen minutes, that were just horrific attempts.
0: Okay, then if you're gonna come to the the podcast with that stance. Then do it.
1: Well, no, I have I just gave you like six than-
0: six or seven different. Different looks that they they were well executed offense. The play yeah, got what it was designed it was to get. Well
1: executed offense when you make one basket in 15 minutes. It's not well executed if, if it didn't. You can you didn't say execute. you can
0: say if you draw up a play and the play gets you exactly what it's supposed to get you, a made and basket? then you don't make the shot. It's a, not a well-executed look. play, then. Yes, it is. How? Because you get exactly what you drew up.
1: But you didn't This is what basket. we want.
0: Okay, but that that that's execution. That's not that's not bad offense. That's not putting the ball in the basket. Good offense gets you a clean look. If you get a clean look and you miss it, that doesn't mean you ran bad offense.
1: You can't possibly say that they ran good offense and scored. I can. That's I went back and watched the it. Second half.
0: You you David, you can miss shots. You can have good at-bats in baseball and, and not get a hit. You can have good drives in football that stall out for whatever reason. That's that, You can no. do things I right and they that. don't work. I don't I, agree. I, okay?
1: A good drive in football ends in points. There's no such thing as a good drive that doesn't end in points.
0: Oh, there's plenty of good drives that don't end in points. So if you have a good drive, you get to the three-yard line and your kicker shanks a 27-yarder, a the drive yes, was bad? Because you didn't convert on third and goal. Okay, it was third and fourteen because you got a <laughs> a, a sack. It, it, you, you you're a Bengals you fan, so you're facts. And but you got all the way down the field, but you didn't score. You you got eight yards on your drive, and your kicker missed the chip shot. That's good offense. It's a bad result. You can do things well and still get a bad result.
1: Yes, you can, but not over and over and over again and then say that, oh, it was just, we just didn't, we just had a bad result. There has to be some element of the process that is also bad or you wouldn't keep doing the exact same well, thing yeah, to give you the uh, bad uh, result.
0: Because they didn't, like Temple, de- Temple decided they were going to play aggra- overly aggressive on the perimeter. And Cincinnati didn't do anything to effectively take them out of that.
1: You just, you ju- there, you just said it they didn't do it because they different. didn't
0: finish yes they did go watch it they did a million different things different they ran different looks they got the ball in different actions but they didn't convert to take temple out of what they were doing
1: so you're so you would say that if we asked wes after the game they did he, and he said we did everything we wanted to do exactly the way we wanted it, but we just didn't. But not make exactly
0: because it, you're not gonna be perfect in that, but they, not, they,
1: they got what they wanted. They didn't have to be close to perfect to win the game.
0: Uh, okay, but and they weren't, they were terrible. I
1: I just but I that can't, doesn't mean I they ran fall, bad actions. I can't fall in line with that. I just can't do it. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I can't fall in line with we made one basket in the last 14 and a half minutes but we did everything we wanted to do we just didn't make any of those shots we didn't go okay. to and then get to the line and our point guard missed three straight free throws one being a one and one that had nothing to do with actions or no plays that's not or that's execution. not converting
0: but you just said they get to the free throw line okay they got to the free throw line You right.
1: didn't make them exactly that's my my whole point they didn't execute they didn't
0: finish they didn't finish they they got a lot of what they wanted but they didn't finish. They I also I had
1: can't look at some I can't. I guess I just can't look at it that way. My mind doesn't they, work that way to go. We got exactly what we wanted, but we didn't finish. But it's okay because we got what we wanted.
0: I mean, that's all you can do. That's the whole point. You draw up what you want, you get the action. The action succeeds to the point that you get the look that you want. And then you miss the look. What else are you supposed to like as a coach? What else are you supposed to do other than draw up the action, put them in position to make a play and it's there for them to make? I guess I guess nothing. They had a bad half, a terrible half. Like but that doesn't that doesn't say also, specifically, though,
1: Okay, that's we're just talking offense. They also rebounded like dog shit. I think they were even in rebounding. They were down, they lost rebounding by 11 rebounds. Well, I was looking at
0: that
1: a different. <laughs> time, I guess. Well, like, yeah, of course they lost. They, they, they missed, missed every shot. Missed of 40, course they got they beat on the glass. Forty-eight shots and only got eleven offensive rebounds.
0: Yeah, they didn't do they didn't do a good enough job offensively on the glass. I, like, I will give you that. Now they got thirteen offensive. No, that's oh. Temple. Why Why are you bringing up Temple?
1: Then they gave them two extras from after the game. If that's the case, but no, that's way, I mean, Temple.
0: Yeah, they had thirteen offensive rebounds. It was fifty to forty-two, not eleven. It was eight, and that's because Cincinnati missed thirty-eight shots. That's where the difference was. They it was defensive rebound or forty-eight shots. Sorry, that's the whole difference in rebounding. As Temple got more defensive rebounds, because right. Cincinnati couldn't throw it in the ocean.
1: And they're not even a good rebounding team.
2: They're low. They're a I decent I rebounding team are, because they
0: obviously. have great length. But like expecting them to be a a good rebounding team, I guess it's like the
1: part that like when you when you have a night where you just literally can't make a shot. Okay, whatever that happens, but then then don't you have to put more? I mean, I'm sure they did, but like, yeah, they had they had what six times where somebody from Temple just
0: took the ball away from a UC guy that had a rebound in his hands, like I, I. that part is maddening that that, it, that they just don't, for whatever reason, there are way too many times that they've got a rebound and it just pops out. Like it, it drives you insane because you should be ending defensive possessions with stops and all of a sudden the other team's got the ball again. Like that part is frustrating as hell because it, it's, they're getting to the ball, they're blocking out, they're completing their assignment all the way up yeah, to the what point. The,
1: what was the one in the second half where Buddy missed it? And I don't know what happened with JD, but like, dude just came in and got his own rebound. Like, yeah, just right around him.
0: And I, I, I you know, they've worked on it. Like, oh, clearly, yeah. it's, it's, it's not been like, a bad point of emphasis. Of course, like, it this is just I mean, a bad rebounding team. Which is, is, is just as like, a Cincinnati fan. It's frustrating because and I know, you to, know, it's,
1: what would you do different? I don't know. I, I don't. Make more shots you know the stupid like run the make shots offense yeah but like the other thing what was our how many free throws did we attempt in the second half I know Aaron just Aaron just had that up but not a lot
0: um, uh, other than did Julius I think had almost all well, of he made free what throws
1: he made f- at least 16. three or four because he got how many
0: so they shot 16 in the second or okay. yeah 16 in the second half that's better than I thought, but yeah, lot, I think six of them more were from. Than I, it's more than I thought. I mean, six of were six of them were from DeJulius getting fouled on the right. Um, the other thing, and I, I addressed this a little bit last night on the uh, the the nightcap, but I want to talk about it again because it, it annoys me. <laughs> so at, at, toward the, throughout the game, I noted that the officiating crew stunk. They stunk for Temple, they stunk for UC, they stunk. And of course, after the game, and I said many times, UC lost the game because they played terribly in the second half. Couldn't make a shot, couldn't get a stop when they needed a stop, didn't do the things they needed to do to win. But then everybody, you know, the the Johnny-come-latelys, oh, Chad, blaming the officials, <laughs> which I never did, never once did, never once said they lost because of the officials, uh, but maybe I should have. Because by my understanding, double digit egregious miscalls calls in the game that went against UC. Double,
1: double digit. That's a lot. Yeah.
0: Double digit egregious miscalls calls that went against UC. And one of them was not John Newman doing everything right, getting to the floor, getting a getting the ball, calling time out, and just having it ignored. Yeah. Until they were able to tie it up, that was not deemed egregious. Uh, that that wasn't was it,
1: it was just terrible, not egregious. Yeah,
0: it was, yeah. <laughs> but double digit egregious officiating calls in that game. Oh,
1: it well, was it was maddening, maddeningly terrible. But at the same time, like that had nothing but, to do with.
0: I'm not saying it
1: did. Don't, I, know, I, that, I know that's what I'm saying. Like,
0: but it's to the point. Uh, the point I'm making is. Of course I'm going to talk about it. It happened
1: in the game. Oh, it's, sure. It's a part of the game. We're not, but you're not also saying that like they lost because of this. No, I never it's, once said that. No, you're just saying like, it's a huge, I mean, that'd be like saying when, what was it? The, the NFC playoff game a few years ago when there was the terrible no call on the, on the, uh, you know, pass, pass interference, interference or whatever. Yeah. It's like, you can't not talk about it. We're not, you're not saying that you, that one play you know, in that case, it maybe it did, but like the one play doesn't determine the 60 minute game, but you're not just going to ignore it as if it didn't happen at all. Double digit admitted egregious calls. And the, nothing will happen to those guys. I'll no, just nothing, keep refing Like it's like, it's fine. And, and that's a guy that is like, everybody says he's good. He's ref seven of the last
0: eight final fours. Who Pat Doug Sermons or Doug Sermons. Yeah. Geez. No, Pat Adams was last Thursday. Oh, and he sucks too. Like, I, I, I'm not going to stop calling out bad officiating because it makes the game hard to... Like, these guys, their ego that they bring onto a floor is maddening. Because the, the job of, a, of an official doesn't include letting your ego get in the way. It doesn't include... Uh, you know, you got butthurt because Jeremiah Davenport was rightfully upset because the dude put his shoulder in his throat, and you called the foul on him. Like, now they got it right, and when you know, but whatever. But that stuff just drives me absolutely bonkers in a game, and and to have multiple, like you know, everybody's got a, oh, I got you, Chad, I got you in my mentions,
1: shut the yeah, fuck it's, up. It's dumb. I mean, like, <laughs> it's not like we're blaming the – you can't sit there and watch the way they played and and just act like it was the officiating. Right, which I didn't, <laughs> like, but I also – they, they played really good, and then a few calls just totally boned them, and then they lose on a three-pointer at the buzzer where you're like, if, that, if those calls didn't happen, that shot wouldn't have mattered. Okay, sure, whatever. But, like, anybody could have watched that basketball game and been like, these guys are terrible. And it wouldn't have had anything to do with if they were rooting for UC, you're rooting for Temple. It's just about watching bad officiating.
0: (sighs) And I I think Doug Sermons is, like, the lead official in the Big 12.
1: Is he really? I don't know anything about
0: there. I think so. But they had the they had the Tony Padilla one last night where he called two technicals on dunks that the kids didn't even do anything
1: in, like taunting in the big 12 yeah uh-huh.
0: there were two dunks like in within a couple minutes where a dunk and the dude just like uh, the one he caught which I I as dumb as hell. he dunked it caught it and just like rolled it to the sanction and they called that a technical delay of game, which is supposed to be a <laughs> warning, not a technical. And then another dude dunked, and I think he 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 like tapped his head and they called a technical on him.
1: What if his head hurt? I, what if he I, was I, like, oh I, my head? I'm out of I'm out of breath. Like you know what this
0: is the, the the signal for?
1: Come yeah, just get like, me out of the game. I need to come out Something. of the game, yeah.
0: I just get so it's so it makes the sport so hard to watch. Well, the, that the, you, the you you've got that, these jackasses it, running around thinking it's me about them.
1: Is that like these guys have been doing this for like as long as I can remember. Yeah. Like how do we have and no and no other like I mean athletic endeavor, you know, cuz they're running up and down the court. I mean, they have got to be in in some level of shape. I'm not I mean, I wouldn't make it up and down two times probably, but like why do we have like 50, 60 maybe even like 70-year-old people refing basketball and football with you know in college's case 18 to 22 year olds in the nfl you got these guys that are there are guys definitely in their 60s yeah running up and down a 100 yard football field and we think they're going to be able to have the reactionary time and, and to see things and like what are we doing like are they just that hard up for new blood
0: i guess i mean you would think officiating at that level like I get why nobody's officiating at the high school levels
3: because parents are lunatics
1: <laughs> they just, can, and they're right there. They can really yell at you.
3: I just want to say I've had this take all season long since football started and I've been called an ageist for it. So I just, an age, an I just, just wanted you to know that the just <laughs> people are, they'll come after you. They're, they're coming for me. Just saying. That's fine.
1: That's fine. <laughs>
3: I mean, I, mean I, I, remember you, like, I
1: remember the old Big East days when it was like Tim Higgins and John Cloggerty, and you thought they were going to have like a heart attack. Cause...
0: I, I thought Tim, every game Tim Higgins did, I thought he was going to die. Like it, that dude, he would literally at, at like stops at timeouts.
1: Go sit down. Like sitting on a <laughs> wall. Like... <laughs> it's like, what are we doing? Oh, but they're so bad. And yeah, I mean, like. It's impossible to, I mean, from a coaching and from a playing standpoint, it's got to be so impossible to, to get into any sort of flow or, or game plan or understanding of like what we're trying to do. If they all of a sudden have an insane tight whistle and then 15 minutes later, it's like, you know, MMA out there or if one team Temple is allowed to play aggressive completely
0: in your face aggressive on defense and no fouls are called and every time Cincinnati touches the Temple guy a foul's called like uh, the, there's no consistency there's no like rhyme or reason to any of it and it, it it's maddening so if you're expecting me
1: I think like, that's and- unfortunately that's everywhere i mean like cuz i'm you know i'm as a Tennessee fan i deal with SEC refs that are you know, they're Yeah, I you know, haven't
0: I haven't made this exclusive to the AAC.
1: Unfortunately, I just think no, I think in college football because you have specific college basketball, you have refs refing multiple conferences. Yes. Um they have to with the games being on you know the same nights, they have to be able to work on whatever, a monday, tuesday, whatever they want to do.
0: Oh, they work 6, 7 days oh a week. That's, that's another the other, thing. That's
1: the other, that's a whole other thing. Is you look you can get online and see these guys schedules and you got, you know, 63-year-old referee ref nine get nine days in a row. Like how do you how right. is his performance going to be you know, satisfactory in, on game 8 in
0: nine different cities and he traveled right. 2,000 miles.
1: Yeah. Which I don't blame the guys. I mean, you're going to pay me X amount of dollars, Hell yeah. and you're going to let me ref as many games as I want. Yeah, let's do it. You're going to pay Couple me three, months.
0: four grand a game, and my window is April, you know, November to March. Yeah, I'm working as many days as I can. Let's go. Yeah.
1: But at least in in college football, you you know, you get officials for your league. Yeah, that you would hope would be an upgrade. Uh, going to the Big Twelve, although they they have had, I know, several of their own issues over the years. True story. But uh, but it really, I mean, it's a hard it's a hard deal. But like you just want it, you just want to go into an, an arena. I think, and that's that to me is like the has to be the most frustrating part is when you walk into a gym and you're a coach and you see somebody and you're like. God damn it! Here we go. Right. This is yeah. This is gonna be brutal. Like it just, it has to just totally like change the way that your mindset is. You know, you 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 tried not to allow it to, but I mean, you you guys have track records. Just like players have, just like players have scouting reports. Officials have scouting reports. I mean, I know from the the AFC and the NFC championship game, the NFC championship game crew has at least the lead official because it's it's a mix of the supposedly the which best. is terrible the, yeah why would you do that so you got a bunch of guys in the biggest game of the year reffing with each other for the first time stupid but the the lead official head referee for the NFC crew his crew through the mo- called the most penalties of any crew this year and the guy that's doing the Bengals game did through the least right
0: so you're gonna <laughs> if you're in two completely different forms of the sport Aaron brought up a good point in the in the you can't see it chat. Hell, some of the times fouls were called against Cincinnati that didn't happen. <laughs> the one, like when the one Mike one Saunders and... didn't even touch the guy when he when he the guy just
1: fell down. Yeah, he was like going too fast for his own feet, and jump stopped and he made a ridiculous shot. But yeah, he, he just nobody touched him. The rest just assumed he did because he because he was awkward and fell down
2: it
0: just it if you expect me not to mention that you're an idiot like if you think I'm not going to talk about that during the course of a game when it's as bad as it was in that game you're an idiot you're out of your mind of course I'm going to talk about it it's part of the game does that mean I'm blaming the outcome on it no it means I'm talking about the game that's happening in front of us anyway um what 14 and six now uh four and three in conference i, mean, I think it is yeah yeah i mean, four and re- three I mean that was
1: really just kind of like it hurt uh, but if honestly if it
0: was a q2 game like that temple team is not they've actually it's,
1: it's not the see to me at this point it's not as much just like the qu- the qu- quality so to speak it's just the fact that You had that game. I'm not going to say one. There was still a lot of time left. But you were playing a lot better than them. You had the game in a position to win a road game that we know this team is going to have trouble winning road games. They're just not, you know, they're not a great team. So you had a road game in your grasp that you let get away that you now know, like, we still got to go to Houston. We still got, you know, other road games probably against not as good teams, but they're still going to be hard games. So you just, you know, it just really hurts to give one away that you were, you know, for the first, you know, I'm not even saying playing well, but like for the first 25 minutes, you were in control. You got to.
0: They, they played well for four minutes in that But game.
1: I mean, you were in control. <laughs> you were in control to win the game with 14 minutes to go. You're up 12.
0: But They were in control to win the game with 10 minutes to go, eight minutes to go, five minutes to go. Like that was almost what was just as remarkable. Like I was really impressed for most of the game that they were struggling on offense and still their effort was where it needed to be. They were doing what they needed to do to to get stops. Um, They weren't making a lot of baskets, but they were doing a good job making timely baskets to stay out in front. And then obviously, you know, you make one basket in the final nine minutes that that part went out the window
2: um
1: yeah but I mean I just oh, okay never mind. I think it's uh you know I think they're a you know kind of what we assumed you know they're gonna probably need to win the conference tournament which is the well, way this conference is not
0: out of realm of possibility heck no I mean, Houston still looks better than everybody else, but they don't look substantially better than everybody else uh, all the time. There are certain nights where they well, punch yeah. you in the mouth, and
1: I mean, they, who they, would they beat East Carolina by like thirty something the other uh, night?
0: They were up, I think, a hundred at one point in time. <laughs> it was like well, I mean, seventy four to thirty. It's also
1: not in their gym, and we know that how much better they play at home. Yeah. So, yeah, you, know, you just can't. You just can't yeah you know, and we, it's just crazy like 90 points the week the game before down to what was it 57 58
0: well and and a game where you had 37 at halftime like that was the first half was kind of really impressive to me actually cuz you they didn't play well no the last quarter went last in so with 37 minutes
1: they they played real well and then
0: they they had a 13 to 1 run to close the half
1: yeah
0: um but uh, you went in with 37 points. It was like, they they kind of played like crap and are on pace for 72. Um, I don't know. It, it it definitely stings. But it's kind of, it, it. you know, it's why we thought this was a 19-21 team to start the season. Because we knew that there were going to be on the road some of these games where you walk out of it and you're like.
1: That was gross. Brick,
0: brick that <laughs> one, yeah. Like, yeah. This one coming up Sunday. I am I'm sure you're going to be on the edge of your seat. Wait, there's a game Sunday. on Sunday.
1: There's a game on Sunday at ECU. <laughs> there's zero chance I watch a second of that <laughs> at ECU.
0: Let me make sure I'm right here at ECU. Oh, I believe is noon God. Sunday.
1: I'd love uh, to know the ratings in Cincinnati for that one.
0: Sunday, twelve p.m. Greenville, North Carolina, Cincinnati versus ESPN. Has ECU.
1: to be ESPN Plus, right?
0: Uh, I think it might be ESPN.
1: You? Oh, yeah, I'd love to see the numbers on that baby in just in Cincinnati. Not like, like anybody it, in Greenville's watching it either, but right.
0: Yeah, noon, noon. Well, so, yeah, uh, appointment
1: viewing that baby.
0: I mean that uh, that'd be good, you know. Get you get you your pregame
1: on. Chad, I would literally rather watch anything else that has to do with the football game than than that. I don't want to be dep- – like, that's just a depressing – we know it's going to be an ugly, crappy game in the 50s because every single game, regardless of how good or bad both teams are, is the exact same game at ECU. It's the exact same game. Yeah. ECU's time. lost
0: four. ECU's lost four of their last five. Their only win a one point win over Memphis. Um, Cincinnati's won three of five. Also the the, the Memphis loss and then Temple, which it, that's kind of the disappointing part, Dave. We talked about this five game stretch: ECU, Wichita, Tulsa, Temple, back to East, uh, back to ECU. Um, if you can win, you go four and one in that stretch, and and you came out of it. None the worse for the wear, really. Uh, but you had a chance to go five and zero. Like that's kind of what what yeah, stings yeah. about that is you were right there. You'd be five and two in the conference. Be right behind Houston and SMU
1: with playing Memphis and Houston at home then coming up. I mean,
0: yeah, have
1: um, a real chance to like, yeah, you know, make a push. Memphis is not. I don't think Memphis is a tournament team unless they do something crazy here. Memphis got
0: to win out to be a tournament, right?
1: Team. But it's still like, uh, people are still paying attention to them for that reason. And you, you would, you know, like I, I have a lot of confidence they'll beat Memphis at home. They just always do. And they're a friggin' mess. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's like you just can't be. You know, we know that this team is going to be inconsistent. There's going to be massive swings from game to game. And you had a chance to to grab one that you let get away. Right. Which
0: stinks. But on to the next one, which is uh which is where they're at heading into ECU Sunday at noon. I knew you'd love that. I, I figured you probably didn't know because you haven't
1: had no idea. Noon.
0: Noon Sunday. At least we Bengals- love it.
1: At least it's not at home.
0: Yeah. That would be one that making the decision to go would have been pretty tough.
1: But you know, yeah, exactly.
0: ESPNU. I see that. I see it, Aaron. I see it. I was right. ESPNU. Um, that would have been one that the since especially since postgame is all Zoom now, that would have been one I probably would have worked from the old home office. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, let's get to football. Mick has, uh, we, I do, we to... I do
1: have, I feel like we, we have to, we have to cover some, you know, a quick regional college basketball story with, uh, everybody's favorite, you know, man, Chris Mack getting shit canned yesterday.
0: We, we talked about it last night on the nightcap. I mean, it, it's, you better win.
1: Here's the question you and I bantered about. How fast does Xavier rehire him?
0: They're in a, you know, they're in
1: a weird spot that right loss now. Of Providence last night probably didn't help things with the old uh, faithful.
0: No, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know. I think there's, there might be enough damage to that relationship with him leaving that I don't oh, know. I'm sure that... there
1: is. I'm more joking. But like, if you ask them, would you rather have him back now?
0: You would think so. You would think so. That's a guy that seemed to fit perfectly at Xavier. So, and he missed the tournament, what, once in nine years, I think? And had them on the upswing and a one seed, a two seed in his last three years, four years, whatever it for was. The,
1: uh, the Tom Mars tweet with the red, You can keep using the red border tweets with Louisville.
0: Well, they settled. That's done.
1: Oh, they're done.
0: He gets uh
1: what's he get like one hundred and thirty three grand a month till twenty twenty five or something. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad work. Maybe him and Johnny Boy can go and their wives can go coach some junior high basketball.
0: And they can go do whatever the hell they want.
1: Well, one, of them, 000, one, of, them one of them, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, he could do that one already. I mean, he was working in Louisville for a couple years. Yeah,
0: still, that's it's a lot of change just to. It's a lot of walking around for your monthly stipend.
1: So when does Mick take, around when does Mick take the job?
0: I, I I would love to see him take it. I I think it's going to be it's going to be hard to walk away from Westwood. He's got that thing cooking pretty good right now. He's got the yeah. number 2 recruiting you know, number 2 recruiting class, number 2 player in the country. He They're doesn't coming off I'll of tell
1: Final you four. what he doesn't have doesn't have like 15,000 fans in his games. They're back now. Oh, he, he said something and they, then they're back now? Yeah. The, the, everything's, cl- the, the COVID's gone after the two week of no fans or whatever. Everything's yeah.
0: good. Everything's good now. Uh, so I, I think if there still would have been no fans at their games, I think that could have been a uh, an interesting development. I wish,
1: they, I wish they pulled what Vanderbilt pulled just so I could hear what his comments would be because they would have been amazing.
0: What did Vandy do?
1: Oh, Vandy, they weren't allowing students at the games, but then they were selling the student tickets to the general public. Oh, oh yeah. There were a lot of Vols fans there last week. I'll tell you that. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's – uh
1: No students because of COVID, but we'll sell your tickets to the general public.
0: That's ballsy.
1: <laughs> you think? They played what? Kentucky and Tennessee during that time frame too. When they when they pulled this move.
0: So the two biggest ticket sale games of the year. Yeah. That's certainly interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Anything for a couple extra bucks, I guess.
1: I guess the SEC money's not as not as good as we thought. were, were the students not showing up? No, like, they I mean. It was a whole like health and safety protocol thing. Like,
0: get these dirty, grimy students out of here. Even,
1: even though every student at Vanderbilt has to be like vaccinated, vaccinated and boosted, or something. I mean, like, <laughs> wow. But all right. Uh, anyway, Aaron,
0: Aaron, thirty-seven minutes basketball.
1: Do we get a sponsor for the timestamps yet? We're we're getting there. We're getting there. Do you get like a, a clock company, like a watch repair shop? Like, what's the what's the wheelhouse for a timestamp sponsorship?
0: I don't know. Anybody that wants to give us money is kind of where we're at. Is that okay with you? Can we, anybody that wants to give us money? Oh, it's fine with me. How do we highlight that? Can we star I mean, that? Let's I'm star get,
1: that. I'm not getting any of it, so what do I care?
0: I mean, you will if if we sell it. I'd send you money from the sponsorship money. Do I not? Yes. Okay. Um, football. Let's start with recruiting a little bit. Uh, if you're if you want to go in great detail on this list, BearcatJournal.com, where right now sixty percent off a, a year of Sir Bear does not agree. Bear thinks he that's thinks it should
1: be more off.
0: No, he thinks it's less. That's taking money out of daddy's pocket. Um, he is not happy about it, but 60% off right now. Junior day this weekend, Saturday. Dave, that's a pretty impressive list.
1: There's a lot of uh a lot of star power on that list.
0: It it looks a lot different than uh many of the other junior day lists from the past right especially considering two weeks ago they had their local junior day with like the 12 cincinnati guys at the top of their board this is guys from a little bit of everywhere and uh
1: i imagine that list a lot more kids are answering growing as well i'm sure probably Probably. (laughs) i saw a couple uh a couple of uh, Martin Luther King, Detroit, Michigan, Sauce Gardner alma mater offers go out tonight. Maybe those guys end up getting getting added. But uh, I,
0: I I do want to talk about Michigan, the state of Michigan, real quick.
1: How we don't give a damn about it.
0: Uh well that. But also, <laughs> it's it's amazing how much like one kid like Sauce can all of a sudden like take an entire state and now everybody in Michigan's like, Hmm, Cincinnati, huh?
1: Well, that's your foot in the door.
0: Yeah. It's just so crazy. Like it, you know, building a pipeline. Some of it is like just constant grinding and work, 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 and building relationships. And then other times it's you hit on a kid that was a low middle three star that turns into a top 15 NFL talent that just happens to be beloved in his home state. And now every kid in the home state wants to go to Cincinnati and be sauce.
1: Definitely helps. I mean, it gives you the opportunity to to keep going back. I guess I look at it as like, it's your way to keep going back to especially that school, but the area in general, Um, because the Detroit Specifically with like sound mind, sound body and some other camp circuits, tough stuff like that. Like they do a really good job of getting their kids exposure. Yes. So you go up there and you keep going up there and you got, you got a mod and it gave you a reason to keep going up there every time you, every chance you had, because you don't just get a kid from a school and then only go there when you think they have kids that, you know, or of his level, you keep going to keep that relationship. And then when he is successful, those kids, when they see you, you're not just, Oh, well, Cincinnati came in today too, because so did Ohio state. So did Michigan. So did Michigan, you're not one of 10 schools that came in. You are Cincinnati came in and I know what they did with sauce. And I want that same experience. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see if that turns into more guys. But it certainly is uh, not going to hurt. I mean, you offer the best ones. They know the deal. They know what he was able to do. Um, You know, you use that to your advantage. Without giving away the
0: list, (laughs) BearcatJournal.com. Uh, you can get that on the Carson Field message board. Uh, was there anybody when you saw that list that you were like, oh, huh,
1: how about that? Um, I have not dug into it too deep yet, but um, there's another Michigan kid on there. What's his name? Ahmad Herring, offensive lineman. Yeah. That's, this is the second or third time he'll have been on campus. I think he was at, at least one game. So you know it's 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 interesting to see that cuz I think there's a lot of belief that he's a a Michigan or a Michigan State kid but anybody can come to campus to go for an unofficial visit for a football game like who the hell wouldn't want to do that
0: Yeah, especially the way that things were this past year in Cincinnati. It's
1: another thing altogether if you're going to get in your car on a Saturday morning and drive five, a mere herring, drive five, five and a half hours. Right. To come hang out in Cincinnati for the afternoon and then turn around and go back.
0: That's a little different level of commitment to the cause.
1: Like if you're really probably just going to Michigan or Michigan state, like, like, nah, I'm not really feeling it. Like, right. I know I could go down and I know I'd probably have fun and I like the coaches and I like the team and I like the other recruits, but like, I'm probably not going to go there. So I'm, I'm not going to, as a 17 or 18 year old, 16 year old, whatever these kids are, I'm not going to spend my Saturday in a car. Most of the day driving down to Ohio. And then driving back. Right. So it's, you know, those are the type of situations that I kind of look for is who else is recruiting this kid? And where's he coming from that you're like, okay, this kid's serious. How serious are it's, you know?
0: it's a big time running back from Florida coming. Yeah,
1: I, I noticed that as well.
0: Four-star running backs from Florida coming up to Cincinnati in February, January. I don't know if that's a great idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, you know, some of them, some of them, they like it. They like the idea.
0: Yeah, I don't, I trust the sanity of those kids.
1: I feel like I saw a, um, a Lake Wales kid on there too. Isn't that where Norman Love was from? Uh,
0: yeah, I believe so.
1: Yeah, I thought I saw a Florida either that we had offered recently or maybe was on that list that, that Mick put out. But um,
0: That was, uh, Norman Love was unfortunate. Yeah. Because that kid's video before he blew out his knee was electric. And he got up here and he, like, his gait was so bad from, I, I guess, how bad they messed up his surgery, his ACL surgery, like you almost looked at him and went, "How are you, the kid from the tape?" Right, like that's how bad they screwed up that poor kid's knee, or the or like, the rehab was bad. Yeah, but I, I I'm pretty sure it was probably a combination of both. But I'm pretty sure it was like uh, uh, you know, they went in and they butchered it. And the kid just was never got right.
1: What, um, since we brought up an offensive lineman, have you had a chance to hear anything about the new offensive line coach? And there's been some not a ton some, yet, they're out on the road. Well, that's um, what I mean. Just from like, uh, I mean, you can't read too much into he likes Janu- them big, we know January that offers, but. <laughs> They're uh, the offers are coming out for offensive linemen and they're going to four stars that them. are like 65 310. Well, he likes a, we're seeing
0: 66 67 six, like he likes big tackles. Like Sean Huey. you know, not like like the the 65 kind of tweener's. That's not really his style. He he likes the 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 big boys. Um, so I know that's kind of one of his, his things. And we saw that when he was at Yukon. remember those 14, 15, 16, those Yukon lines were gigantic. Like every dude was six six, three hundred and ten 310 pounds minimum. Um, so I think that's a, something we're going to have to keep an eye on. Um, I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of like six, three, six, four anymore. Um, it's 65 and like 65 and we're at, we've already kind of started that trend. Well his, like his dude from six,
1: uh, his dude from Austria that's going to be a first rounder is 67 310. Yeah, and that's exactly
0: my point. Fisher was big too, wasn't he? Yeah. So he clearly he clearly likes height. Like he he values height and length because generally when you're getting those dudes 66 67, six, you're also dealing with uh, a much larger wingspan as well. Um, hopefully, we're we'll, we'll, we're getting him Tuesday, I think, uh, for a press conference or like getting all the the new coaches Tuesday.
1: Um, Is that so? Hopefully, February, I can get February first. Yeah, second. Tuesday's the second, right? No. Okay, Tuesday's, so we're getting him Wednesday the second. Wednesday's the second.
0: Um, that's signing of course Wednesday. Signing that. Yeah.
1: Um any any surprises?
0: No. (laughs) No surprises. Uh so hopefully I can get him in 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 like a one on one situation and get some thoughts on like O line philosophy, recruiting philosophy, like what he's looking for. Um, that's my plan. We'll see how it works out. Um but yeah, I think that's that's about where we're at. Like 2022 high school, I'm just – they, they didn't find anything they wanted. You know, they, they, they looked and searched. And if we see any more additions through the spring and summer, my expectation is their, their transfer portal. Um, I guess you could see a late high school kid pop up that they would have some interest in. Um, had a lot of questions about Cam Butler from Miami. Uh, who's in the transfer portal? Who kind of fit that rush end uh, mold? But I think the the concern with Cam was he only had one year left. I think if they're they're dipping in for that, they don't want to stopgap fix there. They want you know somebody's going to be here for a couple of years. Um, but I think that's that's about all. You got anything else recruiting Rise you want to chat about this
1: week? Um. That stinks for Miami. Like they're all their good players are leaving.
0: Yeah, that's a weird <laughs> spot for them. Because it's a lot of guys like in you know, fourth year, fifth year, grand transfer type guys that are just like, all right, I'm gonna go. But I guess that's life in the Mac now, right? Like you develop these guys for three, four years and then Well, that's what
1: I was gonna ask you. Did you happen to see the athletic article um, today? I think David Ubbin wrote it kind of no, about I didn't. the portal just talking to like a sounded like a lot of disgruntled g5 coaches um just kind of about how it's all going down and tampering and there was one story about some running back that rushed for over a thousand yards and some coach called him and told him he could you know his nl ideal could be in the two hundred thousand dollar range and the kid wasn't even in the transfer portal yet It was interesting, but I would, I wish I could. You could find out, like, how many of these coaches that are mad about how it's going down are on, are coaching at like really good teams, right? Or how many of them are just mad that like we're not very good and they're picking off our best players? Yeah, I mean,
0: but I get why you would be mad. Like, your job still relies on like winning games, right? And if you get yeah, to the like, end of the so season and all your best saying, players like, leave. They're
1: making it sound like then that, that they shouldn't be able to leave.
0: Oh, no, they're going to be able to leave. <laughs> there was, a,
1: there was a, one thing I do kind of agree with that was that was kind of brought up. And I do think there needs to be some level of governance to it. Not necessarily by the NCAA or anything, but like the conferences kind of need to come together and like it's it's good that it's an option but it also needs to i think be some guardrails like for two months maybe after like at two different times during the year maybe right after the season or and like that's when you should be able to like go into the portal should it be like a year round thing
0: yeah, I, I, I mean, I guess that's kind of like how how soccer or whatever does it, right? Like, there's a transfer window. I don't you know, I have no
1: idea how soccer does anything. Well, um, I,
0: I think that's what they do. Is there's like a you can transfer between this and this,
1: right? Like, I, I'm all for it, but I do kind of understand like when you're a coach or a recruiting department. It makes your, I mean, I'm not feeling pity for most of these people. I mean, they're they're making, you know, hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars. Like, I'm not, I'm not at the G5 level. They're not. No, right. Exactly. And not in the recruiting departments at most of these schools either.
0: Some of them are making much more now than they used to be. Let's say but that. But,
1: like, you know, should there be some level of, you know, restriction on when you can do it? And it's not just a, free-for-all 365 days out of the year. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can't really do it in season, right? I mean, you can. You can go. You're not eligible. Right. You're not, like, leaving and then two weeks later suiting up for another school. It's not complete free agency. But you can still, like, I'm entering the portal.
3: Yeah. And
1: you're, you know, you're down a... I mean, I guess you could do, you know, you could just stop going to practice or whatever. It wouldn't be any different than that. Um, I don't know how that works with your scholarship and and things of that nature. Um, Just quit. (laughs) Right. But, you know, it does, I don't know, it, it has to be difficult for a lot of these places where you're just sitting there almost like praying that you don't get a text from someone like, Oh, so-and-so's in the portal. Cause now at this point, like using Miami as an example, they're not replacing Cam Butler. No. Like they were counting on him to be like the best player on their defense next year. <laughs> but now, Him he's... and Ivan Pace. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least Ivan did it like right after their bowl game. Yeah. This is now, you know, how a month and a half later or a month later.
0: Not ideal. I would guess that's one you weren't anticipating, right? Like if it's a month later and all of a sudden. Right.
1: Like you would think like, okay, season's over. I'll have the talks with all the dudes. That's where you wonder if you start to wonder like if people get in guys' ears.
0: Well, yeah, look at the offers he got as soon as Right, he... like a
1: month a month later, all of a sudden, Penn State's like, hey, man, we, did, we could use you because we realized we didn't get the guys that we were hoping to get that were in the portal. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, part of me just says, I don't really care because, like, I don't really care. <laughs> like, that's the <laughs> way... I mean, let's not pretend that this stuff wasn't happening before the portal. Right. It um, but it is just you know, it does. It sucks. Like, I don't, you know, get for the fans especially, but for the coaches too. I mean, you lose, you're losing your, you know, you lose your best players. But I also look at it as, you know, at a UC guys are leaving because they want opportunities and that happens everywhere. But, you know, no one's like you know how the structure is and you know how the culture is that you're really not going to see stuff like that. Right. Like, like dudes aren't calling, tampering with, I wouldn't think, you know, with Luke's guys because those guys are going to go tell him what's up. Right. (laughs) If it's somebody that, I'm not saying he doesn't, you know, but if it's someone vital to the, like a Cam Butler equivalent to UC. I don't think that's happening to UC's players.
0: Right. Um
1: talk some football. Collegiate or professional?
0: Uh collegiate for now. Sure. <laughs> Aaron on it. Look at that. Look at the, the timestamp master. This is, is why I mean,
1: this is the sponsor sponsor we could be getting their money's worth tonight. I know. All over it. <laughs>
0: Impressed, Aaron. Great work. Proud of you. Um, my defensive 2 deep is done. It'll go up tomorrow. How'd that uh, go? <laughs> I I can tell you, talk to a lot of people. And outside of corner, um, I, I think the staff is pretty confident. in their starters and like where the defense is going to be in terms of like the ones. Right. But the one B's, which are probably going to be more like twos this year. Good luck figuring it out. Yeah. I mean, in, in most of the, let's see. Uh, Defensive line. I listed one, two, three, four, five, six, guys as like potential two deep guys and that's behind Malik Van Jawan Briggs and Jabari Taylor linebacker four could be five uh backups for three spots safety three guys that could be backup for two spots in corner right now throw names in a hat um And we've talked about this, you know, some as the offseason has started to unfold. But not only is there a lot of like unknown, but you got to kind of feel good that there's a lot of opportunity for some dudes that that I think this staff feels like are really talented. That are just waiting to see like what it looks like when they start getting actual live reps when when bullets start flying
1: yeah you've seen a lot of guys whether it was at higher ground or throughout the year where in very limited reps you can tell that there's ability but you just you're excited to to see it on a more day in day out you know 45 50 60 whatever the number is in practice snaps <clears throat> versus Five or ten that they're getting that they were getting before in a a season when when you're game planning and you're scout teaming, like practice at spring practice will be much different than you know, than anything that these guys have really had a chance to go through, uh, besides last year at higher ground.
0: Yeah. Um, anybody in those backup groups that that without knowing my list. But I'm sure it's not hard to figure out. Anybody in those backup groups that you're you're overly excited to get a look at?
1: Um, I think I'm most excited to see how uh, safety shakes out. Because I like what I've seen from three, what I would assume, you know, participants have been.
0: Who are you excited about?
1: Uh, Threats, Isaiah Cox and DeMorian Smith. Smith. Yes.
0: Um, I think Threats is clearly the leader in the clubhouse of that group. Now, you're still, uh, Javon Hicks is going to be there as a starter for sure. Um and Jacob Dingle has been on the 2D for two years, so somebody's gonna have to beat him out. If anybody, I think right now we're we're leaning towards that would be threats, right? Just it, he he got I mean, a you,
1: I would say a ton you, of time on special teams, right? If you just go off of the season, sure. I I would uh, I would lay a small wager on Isaiah Cox when it. When September rolls around, I,
0: I I don't know that Isaiah Cox would be a boundary safety.
2: You think he's he looks like he's more of a Hicks? field
0: with Hicks? Yeah, I think he would be kind of that rangy play in space. Yeah. <clears throat> like I don't know that from your from your. It's funny because safety kind of flips corner. Right? Like corner, the responsibility is on the boundary. The field is the secondary guy. Where it's safety, it flips because the field safety has a lot more ground to cover.
1: Right. And your tight end is usually on the other side.
0: And your boundary safety tends to be more of a, like, come up and hit you physical um, because they're playing on the short side of the field. Um I don't know that he is, you know, I don't know that he's a boundary safety more than he's a field safety. Sure. So that would be, you know, I, I and physically like Isaiah Cox looks the part as much as anybody. Um, I think our Morion Smith is, is very interesting. Physical. And, and there might be a sleeper in there that maybe I'll, go back and and add because i saw him flash a little bit towards the end of the year in practices and in the bowl practices a kid that we've completely forgotten about who's one of the highest rated kids in his class
1: dr mcdonald
0: yeah yeah it's a physically gifted kid what if if given more opportunities and you know not on the scout team and gets a chance to to fight for for real playing time, you see him kind of surface. I would
1: hope so. Yeah.
0: If not, I'm probably looking at the portal for him in the spring. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you if you can't if you're if you're gonna get passed by three red, you know, three redshirt freshmen, then it's probably time to look somewhere else. That's that's just the reality of college football right now.
1: Oh yeah, I mean I'm sure we'll see. I'm not gonna guess at the number, but it's I I would say it's gonna be more than one uh portal yeah. participant after spring practice.
0: There's one guy that from talking to, to my sources that that kinda I get it, I see where they're coming from, but but hearing and talking to people made me even more excited. They're chomping at the bit on Leroy Bowers.
1: That's what trying to find you, a way. Heard you mention uh was it Monday? Maybe. Yeah, he came up.
0: They're chomping at the bit to find a way to get Leroy Bowers on the
1: field. They can do it without something happening to the other two guys. That would be impressive.
0: For him. Well, I mean, he's actually got some size where I think you could move him around, and you don't have to just play him at sniper. I, I don't know if you want him being your, you know. Your your physical guy in the middle, but if you want to play him on the weak side, here's what I think is going to be interesting at linebacker. I think that's where a lot of the pressure is going to have to come from. Yeah, more way more so than in than than in the past couple of years with Maje, right? Because you knew with Maje you were going to get an outstanding win rate on pressure.
1: That makes it harder to. See though that makes it harder to play. I don't know. I'm... To me, that makes it harder to play the, the what we have learned as like their traditional three three five.
0: And maybe with because of the personnel, we see some variations on the three three five. You know, but maybe like, if
1: you if you do that, then and you're bringing that. That guy down is like a hang position, and he's almost always bringing pressure. Then that leaves you pretty susceptible, I think, to the run games. You know, at times, yeah. It,
0: I, it's going to be interesting to see as they, you know, filter through what they have. Like, here's an interesting question for you. Sure. You think you think Deshaun Pace could handle being a nickel? If you, if you schemed it to where maybe you're almost in a three, four, I mean, but, but here, I mean, to me, do you want to cover in a slot? No,
1: no, but I mean, there's different sides to that though. I mean, is he, what side of the three, four, you know, is he your, well, you'd
0: be strong. A nickel would be strong, generally strong side.
1: But then I don't. Then to me, it is a way. Like I would put him in a position to go after the passer before I'd put him in a position in a in a three four. I would want him rushing the passer more than I would want, wanting him in coverage. But maybe you see more zone out of it. I mean, I maybe they I take it and they
0: turn it more zone.
1: I mean, if you feel like you're not you're not going to have that that My j type rush end then I would go
0: three, four blitz pack. I would would play blitz.
1: Yeah. I would play more three, four. I would just disguise more of my blitzes with my four linebackers, a gap, you know, double a gap crossers, a lot of twist, a lot of twists, a lot of stunts overloading one side, dropping, you know, dropping guys from the other side, just much more confusion, much more. And now granted that's, A lot more on the plate of the defensive players, too. Yeah, but I think that's how you try to make up for not having someone on the edge that is a focal point of the d of the offense. Whether you know,
0: and also not having a man up, a press man corner at least right now.
1: Exactly, you can't just have quarterbacks sitting back there this year, knowing that. I guess today, knowing who knows? We could get somebody in here that is a terror at defensive end. You know, surprises. But as of today, like if they don't go like Maje's numbers weren't the thing. I mean, they still had to worry about him on every play. Right. And then so you're worrying about him and you know you got two really good corners. Well, now we don't know anything about the corners and we don't know anything about that position.
0: So I think we do know about that position but what we know is it's, it's gonna not, be power over speed.
1: Sure. So, so, yeah. I mean, I'm. I mean, these are quite, you know these are things I would love to talk to sure. coaches about, but I would They're definitely, not going to tell you. No. <laughs> but, you know, Luke. Luke might when we when we chop it up with him at the fifty yard line at, at some of these camps. Well, yeah. If
0: I don't, if we don't have a camera running, he might. Right. Oh, yeah. If there's a recorder in his face, they're not telling us shit. No, about no, no. What... But
1: it, it is. It's, it's, um, I mean, that's, but you also have to feel like you have the personnel to do it. You're not going to square peg, round hole it. Sure. So,
2: but that, it, it, does, it just, that does, that does come to mind
1: for me as far as like, I look at, both paces in in similar similar veins um, of I just think yes won't we'll, I I feel like making opposed opponents process plays quicker will help some of our deficiencies whereas before. It didn't they matter had,
0: how – yeah, it didn't matter how – Before they it. had
1: to process the play quickly because they knew that that guy's not going to be open. So right. I've got to get to re- – whatever, read two, read three, and by the time I get to read three, I'm probably dead because Majer or Beavers or somebody else has gotten to me. So that they're processing it quickly that way. This year we have to make them process it quickly by confusion.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're going to have two guys likely at Mike – at middle linebacker, that are blitzers, Huber and Pace. Like, yeah. If you look at, at, at the analytics on Pace, like that's when he was at his best, was, was rushing the passer. Now he made a ton of tackles, and that's not to say he didn't have other parts of his game at Miami that were good.
1: But the parts that were the best. Uh oh, Aaron, get on it. Get on it, Aaron. Go, oh, we're being inundated. Aaron.
0: Yikes. Oh, he's back.
1: I thought he was blocked. For, <laughs> only for five minutes, it says.
0: <laughs> Usually they'll find somewhere else.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it'll be, again, just another thing to look at at spring practice.
0: Yeah, I, everybody's going to be watching quarterback. I'm going to be watching corner like that to me, corner is fascinating. I I just, there's only one guy, you know, for sure. And there's no indication of, of where he's going to play. Is, is nickel his best spot? Do you move him to field? I mean, I guess the safe play would be you move Bush to field to replace Kobe.
1: No, the safe play is Bush stays at nickel because the two next guys at field and boundary are good.
0: Well, I, I, I'm talking about experience here. Taj Ward at nickel and Bush at field would give you two guys that have played a lot of snaps. Yeah. You, you know what you're going to get from them is what you're going to get from them good enough or it lead enough. Or do you leave Taj or do you leave? Arquan at nickel, and you see what you've got on the outside between Jaquan Shepard, Sammy Anderson, Todd Bumpus, Justin Harris, JQ Hardaway. Like You've still got talent. You just have no reps. Right. Because who were you putting? At what point were you taking Sauce and Kobe off the field the last two years?
1: Well, see, the thing is, you'll be able to watch quarterbacks by watching defensive backs.
0: Yeah. But my eyes are going to be on the DBs. Because you're going to have to watch. Like, can they play press? Can they? Like, what is it like when they go up and try to be physical? What is it like when they play off? Uh, I
1: feel like if they do that, there'll be a lot of penalty flags in in... (laughs) the spring
0: practice yeah i mean that was kind of the the beauty of a mod, right especially as you got into year two and year three early in his career there were some
1: you just some have like to P. you I. just have to get the reps I. to learn but like if you're gonna press guys are gonna grab because they're gonna be afraid to get run by yeah and it's just a, a process of getting over that and trusting your technique and and everything
0: and there's not going to be a lot of trust there yet because those guys haven't really played. I mean, uh, you know, gonna Jaquan Shepard. They're
1: going to be going up against some pretty some pretty good receivers too.
0: Yeah. Like Jaquan Shepard's fascinating to me because he, like, he has been the backup to Sauce for two years. but We've never seen it. And when the chips were on the table in the Peach Bowl, we didn't see Jaquan Shepard. We saw no. Arquan Bush move out to boundary. Taj Ward moved to nickel, and that's what they ran with. I there's just so much unknown there. Like at least at defensive line, Van, Briggs, Taylor, you know those three guys can play. You know. I, I would I I almost made this argument in my article. Uh, sauce was the most dominant, obviously. Was uh sniper the second most dominant position on the team last year? When you look at Deshaun Pace had ninety five tackles, Ty Van Fawson had seventy, then a hundred and sixty five tackles out of two guys at one position. I
1: would I think Curtis Brooks was more dominant.
0: Yeah, but that didn't start until the back half of the season. First half of the season, he did. He was good. He, he was good. Yeah, he was, he was. okay. He was the first half of the season. The wh- second half of the season, he was dominant.
1: Where is UCF? First or second half?
0: It's right on that, like, <laughs> right on that cut line, right? He like was, that's.
1: He was good against Notre Dame, too. Yeah, man.
0: 165 tackles for one position, Dave. They, sh-
1: they should be getting the tackles they're playing in the middle of the linebacker
0: no that's a strong side well, like coverage I mean. like you're asking you're not you're not that position is not at the line of scrimmage the whole game like that they're not just standing there at the point of the ta- of attack and playing downhill they're in space they they got they got multiple assignments to uh execute right. and and still 165 tackles at one position. That's a lot of fucking tackles, Dave. Yes. (laughs) I don't know. It just, like, when you start looking at it, What it was 165 tackles, it's 16 and a half tackles for loss. They have four interceptions. Like, they got a lot out of the dollar slash sniper position last year. And you got both of them coming back. You're going to be leaning on Ty Van Fossen and Deshaun Pace in 2022. Who's your MVP of the defense? I and one of the people I was talking to pointed this out, and talking about like NFL prospects and you know who's gonna who's gonna jump off the page off this defense. Nobody at Brian Cook is a NFL guy, really a year ago no there was there were some people that looked at the peach bowl and went huh pretty good um nobody really had kobe on draft boards which is i would guess part of a big reason why he came back he wanted to increase his stock beavers wasn't really anywhere to be found i mean i i'm guessing i don't know if curtis will get drafted but curtis is going to find his way I feel like Curtis
1: will be in the Elijah Ponder mold.
0: What they're gonna somebody's gonna make him a
1: linebacker? No, I just mean like an <laughs> undrafted guy
0: that finds his way.
1: Find but like kind of like practice squad, uh, practice, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Not like in the position or like I I, I it is though, it is hard to find. I mean, he's not a but, you know, he's not from a size standpoint, like he's not a true knows but like no he's
0: was, not anymore those guys in the nfl are 340 pounds
1: it is it's still hard to find like good defensive tackles i mean i mean no. he
0: got I, I could see him as a, in a 4-3 is a, a really good three tech yeah um who who do you think of this group we're going to be talking about at the end of next year, like man,
1: they took a huge jump. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, I, I don't think I could even like. I think. Well, I mean, Malik, Jawan,
0: Jabari, James Thomas, Wilson Huber.
1: I don't think. Cameron Hicks. I think I know you know too much about them to say like they took a they're going to take a huge jump.
0: No, I don't think so because at this point in time last year, like I just said, we weren't talking to, like Brian Cook wasn't a. a mid-round NFL pick at this point in time last year. I Um, mean, like, uh, Darian Beavers wasn't a mid-round potential NFL pick last year. I I Um, hope
1: I'm wrong, but I don't see that from any of those guys.
0: Did you see it in the guys we just mentioned?
1: Uh, From a prototype standpoint, sure. I just needed to see the play. I don't see it from a prototype standpoint on... I mean I talked
0: to somebody that thought at this point in time a year ago when you if you, if compared Javon Hicks is farther along than uh, cook Brian Cook was at this point in time last year.
1: I mean uh, yeah, I don't,
0: now Brian Cook is an absolute animal, so. That's a little bit different, right?
1: <laughs> well, it's just it's just I mean, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to like I you know, how I am with the NFL and the draft and everything, like I don't see that in and I hope I like I said, i hope I'm proven wrong. I just don't see that in, in this group like we had last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's not the absolute star power.
1: It's not even, to me, it's like not even so much that. It's like I just look at guys and I go, well, where do they fit in at the next level? Like Beavers didn't, he came back for a reason, but like I was like, yeah, that's a 3-4 outside linebacker. Now he's got to put the production behind it right and keep progressing but like that's a dude like that guy plays for the Steelers or the Patriots like not saying he will play for even play one down in the NFL but like you look at him and you go that's a James Harrison that's a that's the type of player that they look for you know, yeah yeah my was the prototype rush end um, you know, sauce, six, three, lockdown corner. I don't see that right now with the guys that are coming back. They're very, very good players. They're very, very good college players. But I, I mean, someone tell me where, like, where I'm wrong. Yeah. Who I'm wrong with.
0: I, I think if you want to talk about a, an Elijah Ponder, I think Jabari Taylor can be an Elijah Ponder.
1: Mm, Yeah, I'd have to see because remember
0: Elijah Elijah was a guy that was stuck behind a bunch of other
1: guys. Right, I want to see him more of in a more of a feature role this year to really get an idea of his like speed, pass rushing ability.
0: Ponder didn't have a lot of that either, though. He was, he was a, he was a perfect. Compliment to my end.
1: Yeah. Those guys don't exist anymore in the NFL. You got to get to the quarterback. I mean, even the, the quote unquote, strong side defensive end in a four man front has to be able to like Sam Hubbard. No one's talking about if Sam Hubbard sets the edge and stops the run. It's, they got to get to the. You just
0: compared somebody's NFL prospects to Elijah Ponder, and then when I did it, you said, "Ah, that's not how it works."
1: No, it I'm just saying from anymore. a pass rush pass rush standpoint. That's the part I want to see. I didn't say that.
0: You did. No. You used Elijah Ponder as an example, and then when I used Elijah Ponder no, as an example,
1: I used him as an example of not getting drafted. But being on a roster—that's what I said. Yeah, that's
0: that's. That, I, I'm comparing Jabari to that,
1: right? That's and fair. If you can do it, I can do it. And I said I want to see him his pass rush. I
0: I just think like with him, that's a guy he started inside like Elijah did when they went to the three-three-five. Ponder moved outside. Jabari did that last year, but because of Malik and Jawan and my didn't really get that like true starter reps. Right. Um, I, th- and I think there's obviously going to be kind of a desperate need for pass rush, uh, from the D line. So, and, and maybe, maybe it's Briggs. Like Briggs as an NFL nose tackle, isn't a far flung, Thought, no. Where was he really good at Virginia playing those? Any I like in, I
1: like Briggs as your three,
0: and you you're moving Jabari no, inside.
1: I mean, like, I mean in, in a four man, like I like. From an They're NFL not playing four man from an NFL standpoint. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I like, like. Yeah, they don't have the quantities. to <laughs> To play four-man. Maybe they – I
0: mean, you've got Eric Phillips, who I think is going to move outside. We talked about that last year. I think when he uh, willingly ate a tapeworm and saw 50 pounds disappear between
1: (laughs) spring football. (laughs) Right. You have have your – like, to go four-man, that means you need even more. I, I only named one name. Right, but you have no doubt. And you cut though. me off.
0: You have Phillips, you have Justin Watley, you have Dante Corleone, you have Dominique Perry, who's a guy that has caught our eye on multiple occasions. You have Rob Jackson. I, I'm interested to see where Jamal Williams is because I think he can be that, like, twitchy edge rusher, but I don't know physically if he's there yet Like, right now, I'm really interested to see where Brady has him, you know, as we're going into spring football. Like, what can he do to that kid in winter workouts? Um, I think there's numbers. There's decent numbers in terms of they've recruited a bunch of defensive linemen. We we just just... need to find out if they're any good or not.
1: I'd rather go heavy with my linebacker group. I know more about them.
0: Okay, that's I, I I don't I don't hate well I mean not really. Don't know a ton about Huber. He hasn't played a ton.
1: Mm. Jane Thomas
0: has hardly played. I know
1: more about Huber than than the fourth or fifth defensive lineman. Mm.
0: We know quite a bit about Eric Phillips. Eric Phillips was in the rotation regularly, pretty much last year. I think he passed Marcus Brown towards the end of the year. No. He was playing about as much as Marcus was. You you don't have... You don't have faith in the Godfather?
1: <laughs> not that I don't have faith. This isn't, a, this isn't a faith-based organization.
0: You don't believe
1: in the Godfather, Dave? I would uh, like to see the Godfather play first. Yeah. you're not Um, italian you can't even you're not allowed to make a hand gesture i'm i'm german like (laughs) i thought
0: this was the hand gesture i'm not allowed to make
1: yeah that one or or you know this one
0: (laughs) those those two those are the two that are off limits um i don't know i I, it's gonna be we're gonna be arguing about this a lot over the next six months because there's just so many different
1: off season that's for sure yeah. <laughs>
0: Timestamp.
1: <laughs> That'll get them right skipping right to the uh 127 mark.
0: Yep. If your company was the sponsor of the timestamps, that would be a bonus. Timestamp. All right, before we get out of here, go ahead and stamp this UC football, Aaron. Uh we'll let we'll let Dave give his AFC since we're you know we're broaching into Bengals and Reds and, and having some other stuff on the site. We will always keep it at the end. So if you don't want to hear it, you don't have to. You can stop right now if you want to. But thanks to home field apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. Bearcat Journal, code Bearcat Journal. Get 15% off. Huge opening day on quite Saturday. A, Big Saturday. Quite a collection. Uh you got the uh 6162 championship shirt. I know you were very happy with. I did. Um I am going to turn it over to you to break down the AFC championship. Game. Breakdown.
1: I don't know how much breakdown I'll okay.
0: get. Yeah. I'm gonna turn it over to you to give your thoughts. On the AFC Championship game on Sunday.
1: Well, <clears throat> my first thought is that part of me is still like, I can't believe this is happening. It's real. Is this real life? It's just so like we were. You know, I was in Nashville, and the the Raiders game was like a a release. You know, right. finally, you know, finally. They won a playoff it game. It was at home since I was, you know, whatever it was, nine, ten years old. So it's like that was the whole like, okay, finally, that's that's all over with. Saturday was more surreal to me because it was it wasn't that they beat the Titans. It was holy shit. They're one game away from the Super Bowl. Yeah. And I was like uber confident they were gonna beat the Titans because Ryan Tannehill sucks. And that's all I needed to know going into the game. Yeah. And he proved me very, very right. Um but now like I'm I've been like The week has been felt normal. It hasn't been like one of those weeks where you're like, oh, my God, it's never going to get here. Like, it's felt normal.
0: I guess here's the question, Dave. Is that
1: because you're confident that they're going to beat the Chiefs, or is it because it's just house money now? I think it's both. Like, I am confident that they're going to win, but because they're not – like, no one's truly expecting them to. Like, you get nervous and you get worried when you're the favorite. Or like you're in the you're in the the tough spot. Um and like I I honestly think they're gonna win and it has really nothing to do with any analysis or X's and O type thing. I think they're going to win because this team is just different than really any team that I've any Bengals team that I've ever seen. To um, to combat that,
0: wouldn't wouldn't you say the same about the Chiefs if you're a Chiefs fan after watching them? Uh,
1: oh, <laughs> if I'm a Chiefs fan, I think we're gonna this is gonna be easy. <laughs> okay, like fair. yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> fair. but when it gets to game time, that's what I think. When you get to be like, because then you're like, we better fucking win. <laughs> so. Yeah um but i don't i just don't know i just get this weird and they might lose 35-17 because all the things that the chiefs are great at they are great at on sunday and the and the bengal's continue to struggle to score touchdowns against you know like they have the last two weeks but it'll be interesting from the chiefs' standpoint like their defensive coordinator likes to blitz, likes to play press man. That is his his personality. And you can say we've got to play more zone or we've got to third and tenuda or and we've gotta do this, and we can't let Jamar Chase you know kill us again. And but when it comes down to it, like are you Mentally, personality-wise, able to call a game that goes against the way that you've coached your entire coaching career, which is fair. I don't know. The, I mean, obviously, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm sure they've, there's examples of them doing it in the past where,
0: you know, he's backed off a little bit, right? His foot off the gas, but a like.
1: But if they were really good at it, they would do it more often. I guess is my thing. Uh, not if it's not his personality. Like I'm <coughs> sure if it's not
0: his personality, he only does it when he has to, like when it's absolutely necessary. You know what I mean? Well, they didn't
1: do it at any point in time in the game on uh, the game three weeks ago or whatever that was four right. weeks ago, even though Jamar was killing them the whole time. Um, <coughs> but I mean. I don't think the the line is going to be as big of an issue as it was against the Titans. Yeah, they don't have that type of pass rush. Well, and how how many times do you see you know, a collective play like that? Like a couple of the sacks were on Burrow. Akem j <coughs> excuse me, hold on. Let me.
0: Was awful.
1: Holy cow, <laughs> was he bad. Um
0: how many? I, there was, there were at least what four times where there was video of him just standing there while his guy was hitting Burra.
1: Well, there was at least once or twice where he's just standing there, and then there's once or twice where it was like he was getting hit by a semi truck. He was moving backwards so fast.
0: Yeah, I guess I just coupled those into one so, terrible memory.
1: You would think that that's not going to happen to that level again you you fix you try to fix some of the things that were the issues and it'll just be interesting if the Chiefs try to replicate the Titans and Raiders from a rush for play coverage standpoint right dare the Bengals to run Because they have not really ran the ball well, even against those situations.
0: They have not been good in a light box, which is... For about
1: the last six, seven games, not just in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but But how do you go against Joe Burrow? That's where really all
0: of this stems from, right? Is you just believe Joe Burrow will find a way.
1: I mean... I'm not yes. saying you're wrong. No, I don't think like, that's
0: where can, your belief stems from.
1: Can you blame me?
0: <laughs> no, I'm not saying I you. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying your belief is Joe is going to find a way.
1: Yeah, I mean, from college to now, he's never lost a gotta have it game. Yeah, I, I would also say
0: I, I the 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 Chiefs fans probably feel the same way because Patrick Mahomes is
1: pretty good in those games too he has but they have they have weirdly not this playoff i mean actually technically yes even to the steelers but it was i mean it was only like 7-0 but the year they won the super bowl they were da- they were down double digits in every playoff game and the super bowl and then won every playoff game and the super bowl by double digits that's why you believe in patrick mahomes it is but if you get down like that to Jesus Christ Himself, that changes things.
0: You're now Joe Burrow is Jesus Christ Himself.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> <coughs> he, he was he was defeated last year, and he was with his knee injury, and then he was resurrected. So literally, yeah. Oh yeah. man, <laughs> you like that one, huh?
3: I apologize for the level of blasphemy and coughing in this last <laughs> ten minutes. Good lord,
1: Jesus! Yes. I res- was
0: Dave is the one who's been battling a coughing fit. And, I wasn't coughing in church. And- <laughs> he was. Resur-
1: <laughs> he's been resurrected. <laughs> I there wasn't coughing go. until Dave made me lose my shit <laughs> by <laughs> by Joe
0: Burrow's <laughs> <gingerbread laughs> knee injury it was him. Dying as he res Unbelievable. <laughs> oh my god. This is the <laughs> this is why we don't do a Bengals podcast.
1: <laughs> you like Okay, it. I'll
0: ask you the same thing I asked there that we talked about on PTP on Tuesday night. What do you take from only allowing three points in the second half to Kansas City in the regular season game? Nothing.
1: Unfortunately, unfortunately not much. Okay. Because they stopped Tyreek Hill. They stopped Travis Kelsey. Those two did not hurt the Bengals in that game. Oh, no. And that's why I don't take much, because I find it hard to believe that the team that can't cover tight ends is going to just shut the best tight end in the league down two two games in a row. That's fair. I mean, he had, like, what, five catches for 25 yards? I mean, he did have a touchdown, but, like... He was a non-factor. And Hill had, like, 60-something yards receiving. Yeah. So, you know, I just Hill, – Hill to me is more stoppable. Maybe I'll regret saying that, but
2: – Well, the
0: problem with Hill is – the problem you have with Jamar Chase is all it takes is one crease and a 60-yard day turns into a 180-yard day.
1: For sure. I just think we've they've been – much better whether it's Cheeto or you know the every other game of eli apple and mike hilton better with receivers than tight ends and i i just like if you're gonna tell me that kelsey's gonna have another sub 50 yard game i'm gonna feel real good about their chances all right they've also been running the ball very well which The Bengals will need to have a similar... Jarek McKinnon, like, when
0: it actually... Edwards Alaire going down kind of helped them because McKinnon has had a chance to, like, really kind of come on over the past couple weeks.
1: They got sneaky yards last week from Mahomes, but they ran for 180.
0: Yeah. Well, he had 70, right?
1: He had, like, 62.
0: Yeah, so they ran for 100 without him. Yeah. With him, they ran for a lot.
1: Which, that's it. I mean, he's gotten a lot better because his issue at the beginning of the year was cover two. Um, willingness to take the underneath stuff. His, he's gotten a lot better of uh, his big w- way to kill you. is He did it a couple times with the Bengals, just stepping up in the middle of the pocket and then... Uh, hitting, either hitting down the field throwing yeah. in we saw that you know you turn around and he's he's willing to run
0: he runs more in the playoffs
1: saw that a lot more in the buffalo game but yeah. i don't know what the bills were doing defensively so i don't think the bengals will do that either well,
0: um, that's also the best defense in the nfl
1: i know that's why i'm con- really confused on what they were trying to do
3: yeah <laughs> so <laughs> TJ was on a podcast where he brought up that he doesn't think they should have played any lineman trying to blitz at Patrick Mahomes on that final play. He said that they all should have fallen back to where he had 11 in coverage. Do you think that would have worked to stop? No, him? It,
1: They absolutely should have blitzed him more.
3: <laughs> so exactly the opposite of TJ.
1: Yes. Because what they like either those play like, if you drop guys and ha- – like, they had linebackers on the field. If he said
3: gonna- He said you should have put three linebackers on the defensive line and had them just play off because Patrick Mahomes had to throw it quick with the time limit that you had and that you can't throw it quick when you have 11 people in coverage. I, just, I don't – You probably don't have a play really worked yeah, out to still do that, though, like,
1: either. Un- yeah, I don't understand. Like, you just have wasted players on the – like, what – I mean, they should have just <laughs> – They should have just not let Travis Kelsey get a free release. It's just like basic basic how to cover a tight end stuff, regardless of what point of the game you're at. Like, whether it's the first quarter or the last play of the game, no one's ever going to go, you know what? That guy that's like one of the best tight ends to ever play the game, we're just going to let him run down the field without anybody getting in his way. Like, that's not a like a that's not a thing you just think of at the end of the game. Like you do that on every play.
3: Just, I was just curious. Yeah.
1: I don't, I don't know what that would have. I mean, I guess if you are saying that that would have like muddled the like 10 to 15 yard area,
3: the passing lanes. Yeah.
1: And he wouldn't have been it. like, I don't know, but he's still going to throw the ball. Like, so you have a bunch of guys playing in space that they're not used to playing in that. He's still going to have to throw it to somebody.
3: Right. Just, interesting
1: i think it's there's you know when when something like that happens there's a lot of you know monday morning quarterbacking going on which is you know what we're doing too but i think sometimes ex-athletes get these ideas of like oh they should have done this and it's like you realize like (laughs) no one in the history of the sport has done what you're suggesting that they do and there's probably a reason for it yeah um
0: What's your final score?
1: I do. Ha- I did have some people in in the Twitter being like, "You haven't missed a game in like two years." You know what? What, what do you think is going to happen, or how are you? How are you getting to the game? Since I'm thirteen and one in games that I've attended this year, with my lone loss being the Cotton Bowl. We
0: don't need you to be there. We need you to predict. Well, but you haven't. Predicted a game wrong since 2019.
1: I know. I also haven't really lost one game that I've attended this year.
0: That's recency bias.
1: That's 14 games worth of data. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, but you lost your last, like the second to last game. No, I went to the Raiders
1: and the Titans. You lost the third to the last game you <laughs> attended. My bad. Um, a prediction. Um 37 no that, no that doesn't work um everything works no but i'm just like i feel like uh,
2: 37,
1: 38 34 is
0: it a is it a last second touchdown late touchdown the bengals win um how, how do we get to 38 like how do we how do we get to this because we have seen, if, if Kansas City has a nanosecond, there's a chance that you're you're still going to lose. Uh,
1: 38-27, Chiefs touchdown, onside kick, Bengals recover, victory formation. Oh, so the
0: Bengals dominate the game. I don't know if I say dominate. They're up by two touchdowns. They're up by eleven <clears throat> points at the at the end.
1: No, I'm just making that up. Uh 99 yard interception return for a
0: touchdown. <laughs> You're not taking this exercise serious, Dave. No,
1: I'm not. Um No, the easy one would be, you know, Jamar Chase touchdown, like a <clears throat> minute left, defense, you know, holds him out or whatever. But no, I just think it'll kind of be like a Normalish ending. I don't know. Like no, nothing theat, no theatrics.
0: Have you not watched these two teams play for the past month and
1: that's, a half? That's why you gotta, you gotta, you know, go back to the the mean.
0: I don't, I don't. I'm starting to question your credits as a analyst. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you had like a super boring wild card round where most of the games were blowouts. Then you had the insane... The Bengals had an interception the Bengals at the end thing, of the game. but Four of the games of the six games were not close. Well, the Chiefs weren't involved in that. Like, just, eh. Eh. What, what, do you, what do you want me to say? <laughs> no, it's like... All right. The real The real good one would be like 10-6. 10-6, yeah.
0: <laughs> 14-12, Bengals. Game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 14-13, just real, so, real humdinger. but 17-14. If, if the Bills had won, I'd feel even more confident because we'd have a rematch. You would be there. Of, well, we'd have a rematch of the 1988 AFC Championship with the possibility of playing the 49ers in the Super Bowl.
0: And you'd be there.
1: And I would probably be there.
0: But, but you're not going to Kansas City.
1: But they didn't squib kick. Even though I did look at tickets the other day, I was trying to convince myself to to do it. Somebody got a ticket for Dave. Hit us up, but uh, I don't take think Dave. I don't think if Rachel you want the would... Bengals
0: to win, take Dave. He's thirteen and
1: one. That's right. I don't think Rachel would appreciate me being like, "Oh, babe, sorry. Guess what? I'm going to the game now."
0: I think if somebody got you a ticket and was like, "Here's your ticket," she would understand.
1: I don't think. No, I don't think she would. <laughs>
0: I care? You do not she? You don't think she would take one for the team?
1: She's taken a lot for the team this season. <laughs> <laughs> going to, going to, going
0: to it's the AFC Championship, Rachel.
1: I've gone to 14 football games, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's been at what, like five?
1: Uh, she, uh, she went to Indiana and the Raiders game, so two. Oh, only
0: two. <laughs> yeah, you're you're cutting your credits close. I don't know that I don't know you got any extra room to work with.
1: No. All right. But well she claims that if they win that she's going to the Super Bowl. I have, I have to break it to you, hun, but <laughs> that's she not knows happening. where the Super Bowl is, right? That's, that's not happening.
0: <laughs> How do I handle my problem, Dave? What is that? Junior is is uh, all in Chiefs, all in Travis Kelsey. Like, there's no turning back on the fact that this child is uh, at this point in time a Chiefs fan. That's
1: that's fine. It's not like you're a diehard. Like it'd be different if you were like my dad and had season tickets since like 1979, and then I became you know just you know another. Team fan of another team, and then they played in the like
0: Yeah. She was named after the family. She, she has been since a very young age all in on Travis Kelsey, uh telling me that she was named after him and not Jason. So like Everybody is she gonna, is she gonna be
1: like legit sad when they lose? Like is yeah. she that oh. she's that into it or
0: in in the? she was almost crying sitting in this exact chair when the Bills scored with 13 seconds left. <laughs>
1: How old is she? Eleven. Yeah, I, I remember. I, I remember those days.
0: Thirteen seconds left. Those it's days. the commercial break, like after the Bills scored the touchdown. Um, she, when when Kansas City scored to go up with a minute left, she poured herself a bowl of fruity pebbles. You're gonna say a,
1: a whiskey? <laughs>
0: no, she poured a lot. I mean, she did the eleven year old version of a whiskey, right? She poured herself a bowl of fruity pebbles. She was sitting in my office chair, celebrating her win, and then the Bills scored with 13 seconds left. And she puts the bowl down and she looks at me and she says, "Dad, they can't score in 13 seconds, can they?" And I was like, uh, "I don't think so."
1: <laughs> like, I don't want to crush your soul, but yeah, they can't. <laughs> no, I, 13 seconds. It's probably it's probably.
0: Dad scored in thirteen seconds a couple times, but I don't think that I don't think that they're gonna. And then they did, and as I have said on every show, like she ran around the house screaming so loud that I'm pretty sure the neighbors were like, "I think they're murdering their child." <laughs> so there's a there's a Kelsey jersey on order. It's shipped today.
1: Well, so- <clears throat> I hate to be the bearer of bad news, Kelsey, but. Your little run is about to end.
0: Yeah, I I just would be quiet about that because she (laughs) will commandeer this mic next week and talk mad shit. That's (laughs)
1: Touchdown favorite. You should win.
0: (laughs) All right, let's get out of here. It has been another outstanding edition of the Holy Grail BCJ podcast. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thank you to Aaron Smith on the ones and twos. We'll see you next time right here on BearcatJournal.com.